Today we will read from the Tazkirah Mashaykh Chisht from one of the biographies of the um, middle uh, age of the the Silsila uh, that's after the Mutaqaddimin but uh, but uh, before the, the later Mashaykh um, about Khaja Abu Ishaq also Al-Mulaqab Bishami Rahimahullah Tabarak Wa Ta'ala uh, he was the first of the mashayikh of the Tariqa Chishtiya uh, that were actually from the si- city of Chisht, which is in modern-day Afghanistan be- near the city of Herat. Uh, um, and he, uh, you know, the, the Silsila will stay in this relatively obscure uh, backwater of the Ummah for several generations and several links. The idea being that the uh, fadl of Allah Ta'ala doesn't require uh, a sheikh to be super well-known or uh, uh, rich or wealthy or famous or any of these things, that sometimes this thing is a secret that is between the slave and between the Lord, Jalla wa'ala, and Allah Ta'ala will show it to people at times and He will keep it a secret for Himself at times. His title was Sharafuddin or Sharifuddin. He was an, an embodiment of the outward and the inward sciences. He was born in the town of Chisht and he was a great Zahid, meaning that he did without from this world. He would eat only after seven days and he would say that the pleasure and taste obtainable in hunger are not experienced in other things. He also said that hunger is the mi'raj of the, 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 the people who are travelers toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That the mi'raj of the fuqara is what? It's hunger. When he contemplated to take the spiritual path he made istikhara for 40 days in succession. Then he heard a voice saying, if you seek to, seek to uh, reach your destination, go to the Shaykh Mumshad Dinwari, who's the, the Shaykh who's above him in the Silsila. The name Chishtiya for our Silsila gained recognition from his time. After him, there are four Mashaykh, one after the other, who are also from Chisht. It is for this reason that the name Chishtiya uh, attained fame. When his Shaykh Khaja Mumshad asked his name, he replied, Abu Ishaq Shami. The Shaykh said, from this, no, from this day forward, you'll be known as Abu Ishaq Chishti because the people of Chisht will acquire guidance from you and your silsila will be known as Chishtiya until the Yawm Al-Qiyamah. His karamat and miracles are peculiarly significant. Whoever had the good fortune of sitting in his majlis would not again commit sins. And this is something that happens. There are certain people from the Ahlullah their kafiyah is different than the kafiyat of other people. There are certain people from the Ahlullah uh, by their, their, their condition uh, that Allah Ta'ala gave their heart and that Allah Ta'ala gave to their spirit. Uh, the person who sits with them loses, loses, uh, 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 loses the, the, the pleasure or the, 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 the enjoyment of sin uh, and it drops away. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala make us all good fortune people of good fortune that we get to see such people and this is one of the, the kind of the, the, the curses of the age that we live in is that, that the people who are like that in the ummah 
Unfortunately, not only do we not go to them, oftentimes we end up harming them and abusing them. And so Allah Ta'ala will protect His awliya from the harm and the abuse of the public so they become hidden. And then nobody can come talk to them, nobody can come speak to them. In the old days, people used to uh, uh, honor the, the, the mashayikh and the ahlullah. Um, now we, you know, I guess we, we fill out complaint forms to the board because something, you know, that, that somebody said doesn't conform to whatever weird other ideas that we have or whatever. But uh, there are people like this, Allah Ta'ala give, the, give their suhbah to us. If you ever find someone like that, that their company is um, something that, that, that makes sin lose its enjoyment or that makes ibadah and uh, the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seem attractive to you, please cherish those people because uh, they're the greatest of Allah Ta'ala's treasure. His karamat are peculiarly significant. And I recognize that sometimes we read uh, about the, the strange miracles of the saints, but these types of things impress me more than flying in the air and turning rocks into gold. That if you find somebody uh, um, who, whose company makes uh, a person leave sin, this is, uh, this is something that's uh, more precious than turning things into gold. If you need gold, you can always go buy it from the jeweler. Whether you can turn a stone into gold or not, you can always go buy the gold from the jeweler. But uh, uh, being able to give up sin, this is something that people strive their whole, entire lives and oftentimes fail in. Sick people entering his majlis would be cured. When he contemplated going on a journey, a hundred or two hundred people would accompany him. Uh, uh, and he would be able to travel miraculously to his destination with his entourage. And once during a drought, the king came to Khaja Abu Ishaq and requested him to make dua. The sheikh cast his tawajjah or his spiritual concentration down and the rain came. When the king came the next day again with some need of his, Khaja Abu Ishaq wept. The king asked the reason for his grief and the sheikh replied, the frequency of the king's visits put me in fear that I've committed some sin. Hence, the association with the affluent has increased so much, uh, resulting in a corresponding decrease in my association with the poor. I fear that suddenly my end come in the company of the wealthy and not with the masakin. It's a story worth repeating because it seems to be completely the opposite and the, the, the complete like upside-down inverse of what we consider to be successful, even amongst ulama and mashayikh and, 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 and ahlullah. It says, once during a drought, the king came to Khaja Abu Ishaq and asked him to make dua. Hazrat cast his tawajjuh and the rain came. He cast his spiritual concentration and the rain came down. When the king came again the next day with some need of his, Khaja Abu Ishaq wept. The king asked for the reason for his grief. He replied, the frequency of the king's visits put me in fear that I've committed some sin. Hence, the association with the affluent has increased so much, resulting in a corresponding decrease in my association with the poor. I fear that suddenly my end comes in the company of the wealthy and not with the masakin. He passed away on the 14th of Rabi'u Thani, or Rabi'u uh, Thani in the year 329 Hijra. His grave is in Akka, which is on the borders of Sham. His Khulafahar, Khaja Ahmed Abu Abdal, uh, Chishti, Khaja Abu Muhammad, Khaja Tajuddin, and others. The first one, namely, Khaja Abu Abdal, will be now discussed. Khaja Abu Ahmed Abdal Chishti.
So if the Sufis refer to you as Abu Abdal, then that means that uh, that means that, that, that you must be good, mashallah. His honor, his his laqab or his 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 title was Quwwatu Din, the power of the Deen. By birth, he was a Hassani Sayyid, meaning he was a uh, from the he was a descendant of Sayyidina Al Hassan radiAllahu Taala Anhu. His father's name was uh, 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 Sultan Farsanafa. He was born in Chisht on the 6th of Ramadan in 260 after Hijra. His outward appearance and handsomeness were incomparable. His face glistened so much that it would not be an exaggeration to say that it lit up the darkness. He was well known for his, his beauty. Khaja Abu Ishaq would often visit Sultan Farsanafa one day when he told uh, Sultan's sister that you will be having a nephew. Take good care of your brother do not permit a doubtful morsel of food to enter into his mouth. Uh, uh, accordingly, she went to great lengths to ensure that this was the case. Finally, Abu Ahmad was born during the reign of the Abbasi Khalifa Mu'tasim Billah. From the age of seven, he started to frequent the majlis of Khaja Abu Ishaq. Uh, and this is, this is a, a good lesson for us as well. Rasulullah uh, it's his hadith that you should... Uh, play with the children until they're seven, and then teach them adab, meaning through strictness and discipline, teach them good manners uh, uh, from the age of seven to fourteen, and then you should be a good companion and a counsel for them from the age of fourteen through twenty-one. And we completely take the sunnah methodology and flip it on its head. So we have little kids, and we're completely making them uh, uh, get stressed out with all sorts of schooling that they're developmentally. Some of them are prepared for, and some of them aren't, and it just causes psychiatric trauma to them for learning. Uh, whereas they should, we should take it easy on them when they're young. Then in the age 7 through 14, we indulge them in all sorts of stupid things. I swear if anybody is listening to this, if you buy a smartphone for your children, uh, you're a moron and you should have your kids taken away from you and uh, Allah Ta'ala will ask you about what you're doing. Literally, it's like throwing the kid a dime rock uh, of crack and saying, well, I want him to be exposed to the world so he can make his own uh, decisions for, for himself or for herself. It's complete nonsense. So you see right here that Khaja Abu Ahmad is frequently the, frequently frequenting the Majlis of the Mashaykh from the age of seven. Undoubtedly, he picked up good morals and good uh, manners from his parents. But, uh, uh, and, you know, obviously is not perfect. So he's going to go to the majlis of the sheikh uh, and the, the people trust their, uh, uh, you know, trust their children to the, to the, the ulama rabbaniyun, to the lordly of the, of the ulama. And uh, um, they, they send them for their tarbiyah with them. And uh, the kid from that age is now going to be uh, sitting in the majlis of, 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 of the Ahlullah and learning the adab of Allah's wilaya of how to be a friend of Allah Ta'ala. Obviously, he's going to turn into himself, into a wali of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. I wish that we would do that instead of, um, you know, trying to make up for our lack of parenting by sending kids to Chuck E. Cheese and buying them iPads. He acquired both the ulum zahiri and batiniya from Khaja Abu Ishaq. He, he, he was both his student in knowledge uh, as well as his disciple in the, the spiritual path. Khaja Abu Ishaq, uh, the, the previous shaykh that we spoke of. At the age of 16, Khaja Abu Ahmad, after completing his pursuit of academic knowledge, formally took the discipleship of Khaja Abu Ishaq. According to some accounts, he took the discipleship at the age of 13. Once while with his father on a hunting trip, he lost his way in a mountain range. He was left alone. And despite, uh, in spite of his efforts, he could not find the road. 
after trudging a considerable distance, he suddenly saw Khaja Abu Ishaq sitting with 40 of the awliya standing in his presence. Abu Ahmad fell at the feet of his Shaykh Khaja Abu Ishaq and then remained with him thereafter. A few days uh, after, it was discovered that Abu Ahmad was with Khaja Abu Ishaq on a certain mountain. The king sent people to bring him back. Although they tried to persuade him to return home, he refused. As, as a result of the spiritual transformation he underwent, he chose the rigorous and austere life on the mountain after extreme mujahada and struggle against his own self and his own ego for eight years, he acquired the mantle of caliphate and successorship from his sheikh. It is said that for 30 years he never slept on a bed. By a gaze of Khaja Abu Ahmed, a man could be uh, uh, transformed into a person that, that miracles would be seen at his hands. And we talked about this from before, that uh, when people say this about the awliya of Allah Ta'ala, the thing is we don't meet people like this over here because we spend our time in the mall and in conferences um, there are people in the ummah like this that by them looking at you and by you looking at them, uh, uh, something happens inside which is m- a spiritual transaction. It's more than, than what the mind can understand. And the proof for this is that what the highest maqam of a person after nubuwa in this ummah is the suhbah of the Prophet ﷺ. And that's all predicated on a gaze. And after that, the highest maqam that someone can have is what? Is being a tabi'i, after that being a taba tabi'i. The salaf themselves, it was the exchange of spiritual, uh, 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 of spiritual benefit that happened just in gazes with one another. Those were the days that the gazes were a means of spiritual uh, progress. Whereas nowadays the gaze falls on the haram and it's a, a, a source of spiritual destruction. So we read these things and we cannot relate to them. We wonder what do they mean? They have a meaning. Trust me, rest assured, they have a meaning. By a gaze of Khaja Abu Ahmad, a man could be transformed into one whose hands uh, uh, miracles would be seen. His father was the owner of a liquor store which stocked vintage wines. And for those of us that, that think that pious people were born that way, people who attain piety do so after great struggle. Uh, and nobody, nobody, uh, you know, nobody's born with a spiritual silver spoon in their mouth. Uh, even those who are, they also have to go through struggles. Remember that they also have to go through struggles. Who was the martyr of Karbala? Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu was born into the house of Nubuwa. Look at how much difficulty he had to go through. Nobody gets it for free. His father was the owner of a liquor store which stocked vintage wines. During Hazrat Abu Ahmad's childhood, he once went into the store. He closed the door and broke the liquor vats. His father was informed of the destruction being wrought on his expensive wines. Since he could not enter the locked premises, he climbed on the roof and from there shouted furious threats in a bid to prevent the child from further destruction. Abu Ahmad ignored the threats. His father in desperation hurled a large stone which remained suspended in mid-air. His father was amazed, realizing his error. He repented at the hands of his child and gave up his liquor store. This may be one of the very few times in the history of Islam that someone's parents actually listened to what they had to say. So these are miracles of the Sufis. The stone, stone in the mid-air thing, I can believe that. This part is like, mashallah, really something that I have difficulty believing. So don't think that this is gonna, you're going to go home and tell your father about stuff he's doing that's wrong and he's going to believe you, okay? The stone in the air thing might happen. This thing is probably not going to happen. These are only like a very rare miracle that miracles Allah Ta'ala vouchsafes at the hands of his awliya. Uh, uh, these things may not happen for you, uh, just just to let you know about that. And once he journeyed through an area occupied only by the kuffar, there was no Muslim living in the surroundings. 
this particular community of kuffar was extremely hostile toward the Muslims. If a Muslim ventured into their settlement, it was their practice to torture and set the Muslim alight. Uh, although they assaulted Khaja Abu Ahmad, they did not have the courage to set him on fire. The Shaykh told them not to worry, as he himself would fall into the fire. A fire had already been prepared, throwing his musalla onto the fire, his, his, his uh, prayer rug, onto the fire, he entered it. As Khaja entered, the fire instantaneously died out. The kuffar in their amazement began to venerate him. Hundreds accepted Islam on this occasion. It was his regular practice to complete one Qur'an during the day and two during the night. Although he was unaware... By the way, people think these things are exaggerations. In Mauritania, there are people who finish the Qur'an, mashallah, uh, uh, at least daily, if not more than that. Even uh, uh, Sheikh Zakaria, who wrote this book, he said that his father used to, when he was a kid, his father used to... Uh, um, uh, after Fajr prayer, he'd lock the doors of the house and say, you're not allowed to come back into the house until you finish reciting the Qur'an. So he said, I would climb up onto the roof and just recite. Before Zuhr time, I would be back inside the house. And these are, these are people, he passed away, Hazrat Shaykh passed away in, in, in 1981. So there are many living people who met him before. And there are people who have these practices. It's you know, just because you, you and I are, are stuck at, you know, whatever in our own memorization, it doesn't mean that, that the whole ummah is like that. Although he was aware of spiritual mysteries, he would not divulge them. According to the claim of the awliya of his time, he was, he was a qutub, meaning he was the prime amongst the, amongst the awliya and amongst the saints. He would not accept gifts from people and he abstained from delicious food and fine garments. His death was on the 3rd of uh, Jamad al-Ukhra in the year 355 Hijra. His grave is in Chisht. Amongst his khulafa are Khaja Abu Muhammad and Khaja Khuda Banda, meaning the slave of God. Inshallah, at some other time, hopefully we'll get the, uh, uh, the, the tawfiq of hearing about uh, uh, Khaja Abu Muhammad and uh, Khaja uh, uh, Maudud Chishti, Khaja uh, Abu Yusuf bin Sam'an and Husseini al-Chishti, uh, and, and the other mashayikh that were from the, the city of Chish, Sharif Zandani and Usman Harwani, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have mercy on all of them and give us uh, all the entire ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam from their fuyud and from the fuyud of those people like them in the other lands of, of Islam. The barakah and the barakah of wilaya of sainthood and the anwar of, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam were distributed through all the lands of the Muslims. Don't think that why is this guy only talking about the ulama from one tariqah or from one uh, 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 land or from one place or from one area. People like this, Allah Ta'ala divide, divided them through the earth and wherever people made the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala and sacrificed for Allah's sake, made mujahada and uh, struggled in his way, he sent these people to all of those places uh, for benefit, inshallah, wherever they are, whatever their fuyus and the benefits Allah Ta'ala gave to the ummah through them, Allah Ta'ala not deprive any of us uh, from any of them. وصلى الله تعالى على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين.